welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'll be talking about male manipulator music, the indie music scene, and exactly what goes on in it. I hope you enjoy. Let's start the episode. A few months ago, I was scrolling through TikTok when I came across a video about a new subgenre of music. The girl who had made the video was playing short song excerpts from popular to semi-popular artists, such as The Smiths, The Frights, and The Current Joys, and was labeling them as quote-unquote male manipulator music. I knew she was joking, and I genuinely thought that the joke was funny, because after all, It's ridiculous to think that our music tastes could define our personalities or the way we interact with others. But why joke about this, I thought. As I continued scrolling through TikTok's male manipulator music tag, I continued to see the same themes. As I scrolled through the rest of the TikTok tag, I noticed that many predominantly white male-fronted indie rock and punk bands, as well as their fan bases, seemed to be at the butt of this joke which, according to Urban Dictionary, goes along the lines of, if someone you're romantically interested in listens to, plays, or even enjoys this music, you better run. I knew that the rest of these videos were also a joke, but how could so many young people, many of them being women, share the same experiences and opinions? Could there be a grain of truth behind the TikTok videos and self-deprecating lyrics of these indie rock and punk bands? It turns out, there was. Wanting to fully understand male manipulator music, I first started my search for answers on the popular music streaming app Spotify and found a playlist with over 3,000 followers created by Spotify user Jaden and appropriately titled Male Manipulator Music. In the playlist, there were names I both recognized, such as The Smiths, Remote Drive, Weezer, New Order, and Joy Division, and names I didn't. Mom Jeans, Neutral Milk Hotel, and The Front Bottoms. Slowly, I've moved my finger over the playlist play button, and soon I found myself immersed in the music of male manipulators. After five hours of listening, I finally listened to all 88 songs in the playlist, and soon I began to understand why the music was regarded as male manipulator music. As I listened to New Order's Age of Consent and Weezer's Buddy Holly, I really took notice of the pining nature and often self-deprecating lyrics of many of these songs. It's not a criticism. In fact, many female artists that I enjoy do the same thing. However, as I continued to listen to these male-fronted indie and punk bands and was exposed to newer, more modern artists, it was very clear in their lyrics that many of them were influenced by other male manipulator musicians. And honestly, it became very, very redundant. As I continued listening to the playlist, I soon found myself fascinated by the music of one male manipulator band in specific. This band was called McCafferty. Though they haven't released new music since February of this year, 2021, McCafferty is an indie rock band from Ohio fronted by lead singer Nick Harktop that currently consists of him and his wife, Emily. Since its creation in 2011, the band has had several other members, But over the course of existence, McCafferty has experienced multiple breakups since Forbes forming, but most notable is their 2020 breakup. Before I continue on, it's important that I mention that even though McCafferty and so many other bands may be considered to be 
quote unquote, male manipulator music, that not all male identifying people that listen to the music are manipulative or harmful or even reflect the views of the musicians themselves. In fact, some of the people that listen to this music are the coolest people in the world. But issues do arise when people begin to heavily identify with and make excuses for the actions of artists like McCafferty's lead singer, Nick Hartkopf. For several years prior to 2020, Nick received criticisms from many fans over homophobic and transphobic comments, as well as several instances of verbal harassment, both online and in person. Yet, many people still continued to support Nick and excused his awful behavior. But the blatant homophobia, transphobia, and verbal abuse didn't stop there. In early January of 2020, 16 people came forward and revealed that they had either known or been the victim of sexual assault and or abuse by Nick Hartkop. Nick's former bandmates, friends, and fans came out with a Google Doc with testimonials as well as screenshots of messages with Nick that reveal his inappropriate and often abusive behavior. After these allegations began to surface and circle around, Nick mentioned that he was stepping back from McCafferty and out of the public eye. But in November of 2020, he released an apology, or his version of apology. To be honest, I don't know what to call it, but I'll leave it up to you to decide. Here's an excerpt from Nick's apology, which is a song called Isn't It Beautiful for You to Decide. But just a note before he begins, there are mentions of suicide as well as some homophobic slurs present in the song. So if you're not comfortable with that, I suggest you skip forward a little bit. So without further ado, here's Isn't It Beautiful. When I read all of these things online, but I know maturity is the journey, and hell Satan, I have arrived. I let my mental illness define the last 10 years of my life in social circles that were bad for me, acting out and fighting online. I hate when people say they have mental illness, but they still know how to act. I think they think that they can fool you with bravery and judgment. In fact, I am happy that all my personal struggles have been aired out for you all to see, because the choice to accept mental illness is no longer just up to me. It is up to you to see what I've done under the microscope my entire life. Narcissistic mentally when I see people come in and try to define my complicated spirit and my complicated soul. I am mentally unwell, but like you, I have a soul. And I am not the person that they say I am, but those parts of me exist. They are toxic. They are evil. I'm disgusted just like him. And I abuse my medication and I lied and said I'm fine. But I was angry saying faggot behind closed doors and still online and i could talk about the suicide attempts i've had since everything went up in the four weeks i spent hospitalized but you would tell me it's not enough so what exactly is enough how much hate does it take to fix so i know that for time's sake you are only able to hear a little bit of the song but basically for the rest of the song nick talks about his mental illness he talks about being diagnosed with bbd how he's recognized that he's made mistakes, and so on. But the issue that many of his audience and listeners face is the fact that Nick doesn't take complete ownership of his actions, but instead uses his mental illness as a scapegoat for everything that he's done. Don't get me wrong, I think it's really important to have dialogues about mental illness, because after all, mental illness isn't something pretty like it is represented in, in so many movies. It's raw, complicated, emotional, and takes work and understanding from the people around us. 
But this doesn't give people an excuse to be a jerk. It doesn't give people to an excuse to sexually assault and abuse people, just like Nick has done. So, you would expect, after all of this, for Nick to lose fans. And to be honest, he really has. But still, he has many supporters. In fact, there's even an Instagram account with almost a thousand followers dedicated to supporting him with the name Nick Hartkop is a good person. On this account, they celebrate Nick's new music pursuits and collect evidence that may help prove Nick's innocence. For so long, the inappropriate actions of many other indie bands have been pushed to the side and excused by record label executives, by fellow bandmates, and even by many loyal fans, just as in the case with Nick. Morsi of the Smiths, anti-immigration and white nationalist ideals have continued to be pushed to the side by his loyal supporters. Like Morsi's racist ideals, allegations of sexual assault are also not focused on. Allegations of sexual assault against people like Syrian O'Donnell, guitarist and keyboardist for the Front Bottoms, and of inappropriate relationships, such as the one that Mikey Carnvale, lead vocalist of the Frights, had with a minor, are kept out of the public eye, as many of the victims are silenced or kept silent out of the fear of retaliation from these powerful and looked up to indie male musicians and their fan bases. As a female who thoroughly enjoys indie music, I'm often saddened but unsurprised when I hear that the musicians I enjoy are abusive, have behaved inappropriately, or have allegations of sexual assault against them. In a scene where so many male-fronted bands and their devoted fan bases reign and protect, it is hard to imagine a time where artists and fans alike can begin to bring abusive band members down from their positions of power. The indie music scene has long normalized sexual assault and abuse for so long, and until fans and other musicians in the scene can begin to dismantle this commonality, this will be the norm. Indie music is great and is loved by so, so many people. So go ahead and listen to that quote-unquote male manipulator music that you like because it doesn't really define who you are. What does, though, is who you choose to support. Learn how to separate the art from the artist, how to support the victims of abuse and sexual assault, and how to give them a space to speak out while not speaking over them. Learn how to bring more inclusivity to the predominantly white and male indie scene by supporting people of color, women, and LGBT plus and trans musicians. While many of the musicians of the indie scene seem like they hold the power, it's the fans that really do. With some determination, fans of indie music can decimate quote-unquote male manipulator music and introduce a new era of indie music, one where victims are believed and where everyone is safe to listen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, and I really hope you enjoyed learning more about indie music, male manipulator music, and about the indie music scene as a whole. I hope that this podcast can further conversations about how we can all do better in the indie music scene. Hope you enjoyed. See you next time. Bye!